0: Welcome to the Neighborhood Realtor Podcast with me, your host, Matt Muscat. This is a podcast for real estate industry professionals who are doers. Each episode will feature an interview with a top producer or someone who's doing things differently in an exciting way. For those who already know me or have read my books or blogs, my brand of marketing is tangible and repeatable because smart salespeople don't need to reinvent the wheel. My promise to you is that in each episode, you'll leave with one tangible idea that you can take to the bank. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. And just as a reminder, if you've enjoyed the content, please hit up one of the podcast providers and leave us a review. The more reviews we get, the better quality guests we get. And today, we have some of the highest production that we've ever had on the show. We have over $300 million in sales on the show right now. We have Greg Iverson of the Iverson Neighborhood Loans, St. Louis, Missouri. Greg did over 900 loans last year, $150 million in sales. We also have Ryan McKee in Southern California, top area realtor who did over 165 units at a normal price point. You don't always get that in California. So I'm super excited to have both Ryan and Greg on the call with us today. Uh, we don't always get two people. And the reason I'm really excited to have two people here is because these are two guys who have done really well in cultivating referral-based businesses. Greg and Ryan have done business together, even though they're 25 states away. And now I know both of them, so I'm super excited to get some of the advice that they both um, are able to provide us. So Greg and Ryan, welcome to the show today.
1: Thanks, man. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: So Greg, I wanna I wanna start with you really quick. How did you connect with Ryan in the first place? And and what kind of walk us through how we end how we ended up here today talking?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Ryan and I coach uh, with the core training nationally uh, together. He's obviously on the realtor side; I'm on the lender side. Uh, but we got to know each other through that, uh, as well as our our wives have hit it off and and and, and things like that. Um, you know, what struck me with Ryan is how uh, big of a producer he is, yet how down to earth he is. Uh, I've really been able to connect with him uh, that way, and and you know, at the same time, here in just the last several months, been able to refer. Uh, some of our clients buying in southern California and I've just been blown away by uh not just the way he's built his business based on referrals but the follow-ups and taking care of the client um you know it's just super refreshing that um you know how how he treats them and it's it's ultimately an extension of of, of me at the end of the day for making that referral so
0: well and I think there's something deeper there too it really increases your your total network and the amount of people that you're able to serve by being able to market the fact that your team, you know, your realtor team, your lender team is able to service people all around the country. right? Because now you have that story of that amazing, um, amazing transaction that your client had with Ryan. And you can share that story in email through BombBomb on social media that, hey, we help clients in Southern California. And now that's one more group of people that you can truly help with. Help with. And also because Ryan has a lot of the same personality attributes as you, it's such a perfect referral because those clients get the same general experience, whether they're working with you and one of your agents in in Missouri, or whether they're working with with Ryan and his team in in Southern California, where the weather might be just a little bit better.
1: It's a touch better today, probably. Uh, Yeah, but just to know that it's almost... As if I'm working with my neighbor, you know, even though he's uh, obviously in a much warmer place than I am uh, as it stands today. But, um, you know, at the same time, Matt, why I'm excited to be on here today is I, um, you know, I've really been looking for ways to bring value to, um, you know, other realtors, other business owners that we work with here in St. Louis. And a lot of the, you know, uh, strategies and just overall operating philosophies that Ryan has. I think we'll bring a, a lot of value to others that we that we work with, and um, I, that's why I'm super excited to be on this today.
0: It's funny because the podcast used to be called before before you and I talked about it the first time. Right, it used to be called Marketing in Other Markets because yeah. every agent, every lender, every real professional out there, I think, secretly wants to know what people are doing in other places rather than just copying what agents are doing. By them. although the fundamentals are the same everywhere, people have a morbid curiosity for what the top producing agent in California is doing.
1: That's what I was just going to say, Matt. And I think it's it, it, the best part about it and it, as it relates to the value in our in our market. And, and obviously Ryan will jump into that here in just a few minutes, but what he is doing is not unique to Southern California. While the real estate looks different, the weather looks different. Um, why I am really thrilled that he's on with us is it's the same things we're doing here in St. Louis. That, that The top producing realtors in St. Louis are the ones that aspire to be top producers it's not reinventing the wheel, you know, and and, and we'll hear that from Ryan. Uh, but it's not market specific. It's it's basic principles, basic fundamentals done correctly, um, you know, with a lot of attention to care and detail, done correctly every single time it works in, in every market.
0: Thousand percent. So Ryan, I want to give you a chance to talk because I know Greg and I are both talkers. But um, what, what quick, quick introduction. So you told me before the call, You did 165 units in California last year, which, you know, usually when we think of California real estate, we're thinking of like an agent who does three $20 million listings. And there's, it's hard to take a lot of takeaways there because their business doesn't seem like like the rest of the world. But you actually did a huge amount of units. And shockingly enough, I didn't realize that you could even buy a house in Southern California for, you know, three to $600,000. How, walk me through where you came from how, how you got your start in the real estate industry and kind of where where you are now team size all that stuff absolutely so
2: um and and if if i could ever get to a point where i can do three three
0: deals and it's 20 million a piece then that's a whole different show i'd love to get there so <laughs> well, i'm sure someone listening hire has a 20 million dollar sure. deal to refer to you so guys if you have a 20 million dollar deal to refer to ryan He's qualified. He's ready. And he he will be appreciative too. Yeah. Just putting it
2: out there in the atmosphere. Right. So, um, but yeah, thank you for that. So, you know, my my journey in real estate has been, has been absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, like I was telling you, I, I made the, the wonderful decision to enter into the field of real estate in 2008. So like many of, you know, many of the other decisions I've made in life, you know, it's one of the questionable ones that have actually worked out for me very well. Um, but you know, I, I come from a family of realtors, luckily. So I was exposed to the business at an early age. My dad's actually been a broker for, uh, 32 years at this point. And I've been really, really lucky to learn every aspect of the business, you know, anywhere from the contracting side, I learned how to rekey properties and, you know, things of that nature, all the way up to higher level activities that I was able to watch my dad do. So having that exposure is something, obviously, you can't really pay for, but was I'm
0: beneficial. Not, I, I just have to like dive deeper on this one because this is a theme that comes up in every single show that we do. The top performing realtors, whether, whether you're young, old, whatever you're in the country, everybody became a master in their craft. You did it by observing the business through your dad, through your grandfather, and then working on every aspect of the transaction, right? You mentioned the key thing, you mentioned everything, all the all the paperwork. Yeah. But I hear this from people, if your family wasn't in real estate, there's teams that you can join. There's admin work you can do first. You can you have to really immerse yourself in real estate and become an expert before you're able to get to the level of production that, that you're that you ride and, and Greg are into today. So I, I just had to interrupt you because that comes up every time and I want to make sure people really understand that becoming a master is such a critical part along the journey. 100%. And, and that also, for me, is critical in who I align myself with. So that's
2: the reason why I'm aligned with Greg is because somebody like Greg is going to be at the top of his field, but also in a market that I don't cur- currently service and have... I can't drive to St. Louis from California to actively service clients. The beauty of our network is that we've been able to connect with each other to offer a high, higher level of service to clients that both him and I um, may not have access to, but it expands our businesses in ways that most other agents just don't even think of. There's so much opportunity just in what him and I could do. So having that, you know, is huge, but also surrounding ourselves by people that are always at a higher level than where him and I are at um, is amazing. I, I'm very proud of, of the volume and what we've created as a business but I surround myself by people that make my business look Mm minuscule. And I think that that's what's allowed me to always keep chasing the next higher up level and keep searching for that, you know, that next
0: level. I love that. So out of the, the, out of the 165 units you did, did you do that all yourself? What's, what's your team size? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's myself. I have a team of
2: seven. So four of my team are going to be operational. So, um, in our world, Greg and I, our world, we call those RP ones. It's a real estate partner. So it's anything from a transaction coordinator to an administrative assistant. But I have four operational team members um, that are really my foundation. And then I've got myself and two other salespeople. So just with three of us on sales, we were able to, you know, facilitate 165 transactions. Um, you know, we like to call ourselves more of a lean and mean sales team but we are very process-driven, very dialed in, very doctor-nurse in our procedures on how we're able to offer that level of service to 165 families and still do it
1: efficiently.
0: Well, then I think especially, you know, 2022 right now, coming into 2023, I think being lean and making sure that the people on your team are busy and productive is huge because I think so many of these teams out there because of the the crazy demand in the market for showings in the last couple of years, a lot of these teams are sitting pretty bloated right now. And people do not operate at the level they should be when they're not busy. I mean, you, I want to keep all of my people as busy as possible, up to the point where they're not happy. Um, but shockingly, people that are busy, that are making more money, operate better and figure it out. And then systems come and systems help too. Um, I, I absolutely love hearing that. So... I know when you got started, Ryan, something that I really was interested in is that obviously it was 08, and that was a crazy market. Right now, 2022 for many people is also a crazy market in a totally different way. But you co- you killed it your first year. I mean, you made over $100,000 in-, in 2008 when all of your colleagues were going out of business. Obviously, different market than today, but like, how did you do that? And what what types of things did you leverage? I think a lot of people today need to figure out what what unique opportunities they can leverage from the market we're in to get to the next level. But tell us about what you did back then um, and where that led to for you.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So I mean, in 2008, a big truth be told is I didn't do anything very special like first year um, other than having a ton of tenacity and just a blue collar mentality. Well, that's pretty,
0: that's pretty special. Don't, yeah. don't discount yourself. On that.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, for me it wasn't anything groundbreaking in, in, in technology or my approaches. I'm not, I'm not the type that's going to come up with the great ideas, but if you give me a plan, I can implement the plan and just do the work. But the the truth will behind my success, at least the first year, 2008, my, you know, my, my dad has been a Rover for 30 plus years um is also was involved with the reo cycle so he he worked with banks and asset management companies and had this large portfolio uh, of properties that they needed to liquidate so really it was a timing thing for me you know he had three he was listing three to four hundred properties a year and in the same scale of what i'm operating now you know he had a very small team and you know there's only so much bandwidth so it did make sense for me to come on and you know, the first year it was very easy. The sales were coming my way. He would hand me files, and my my training the first year was here's twenty files. I don't have time to train you, but don't screw it up, mm-hmm. right? So that was my training procedure for you. Trial by oh, like fire. My, training, trial by fire. Yeah, <laughs> right. Sounds like most people's training, right? So, um, you know, it was it was beneficial in the fact that I I was forced to learn. And, you know, I I learned a lot of good things and I learned a lot of bad things, unfortunately. And, um, you know, through that, I wouldn't change any of it because it's made me who I am today. But ultimately, the biggest lesson that I learned was in 2008 to 2009, I learned my first lesson in real estate. And that's that the business is extremely cyclical. And just when you think you know what to expect, it will change. Because I thought that's how it was going to be every single year. You know, we were, we were, you know, making a hundred grand your first year. And of course this was 2008 when a hundred grand was a little bit different. Um, but still it was, a, that was the most money I'd ever made in a year. I came from a job making 35,000 a year to first year in real estate, a hundred grand and thought, man, this is it. This is easy money. Well, the next year, everything went away. They started changing the for, the foreclosure rules in California and we had moratoriums and I went from a hundred grand down to, I don't even I mean maybe thirty. I'm making less than what i made before. and and it significantly changed. So I, I learned at that point that I needed to also know who my my clients were, know who that who I was going to be working with in real estate. And opposed to waiting for business to come my way, I needed to learn how to go out be proactive and start hunting and finding who uh, where the opportunities were.
0: and now a message from our sponsors. The Neighborhood Realtor is made possible by the generous support of Treadstone Funding and Neighborhood Loans. With locations all over the U.S., Neighborhood Loans believes in doing mortgages better, faster, smarter, and creating personal relationships with their clients and realtors. So I'm just going to take a guess here. You know, I've probably met with three to 4,000 agents over the last 10 years. And you have agents who find a great opportunity like that, get super busy right out of the gate. And it's awesome, right? You get super excited. And I would venture to say that 90% of those people or more don't actually put the time into developing their own database, sphere of influence, whatever you want to call it, because they didn't need to because they had that business coming in. What What I'm starting to hear from you is that year two rolled around, something shifted or changed, and you were like, holy crap, I need to put myself as the master of my own destiny. What did you do? How did you start building your sphere? What did that look like for you?
2: Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think so. Once I identified who it was that I wanted to start working with, for me, it was primarily investors and retail clients. That's where I felt like I did the best. That's what I had the most access to in my market. It was identifying for me who I was going to be chasing and working with. So once I did that, then I, like you said, I started to create a uh, a database. Now, of course, it's changed over the course of the years. When I first started, it was a notepad, right? So here's all the investors that I work with. But what I would do is if an investment property, let's say it's a flip property, something that's a fixer that, you know, maybe needs a little bit of rehab and it can be put back on the market, but the opportunity for me as an agent is I can help an investor procure that on the purchasing side, potentially get a commission there. And then as they, you know, renovate the property, they're going to need to liquidate this property. So it's two opportunities and for me, I figured out that if I could create those opportunities, expose it to these investors, and you know, like Greg was talking about, a big part of who I am is in communication and follow-up. So many of these investors, I may send them a great opportunity. They get busy and they miss it. Well, if I don't follow up, then I've missed an opportunity and so have they. So I had to create these systems where I'm developing these relationships and helping,
0: helping them to help me in essence, right? So- Well, I have to pause there again because what the words that I think you wanted to say that you didn't actually say because you're a nicer guy than I am is your follow-up sucks. The reason you're not getting the deals you want is because you sent an email, your client didn't respond, and you counted the opportunity off. What you should be doing, what I'm getting that you do, Ryan, is you call them out the opportunity, you send them a video about the opportunity, you follow up again and again and again to make sure that they fully get it. But also, even if that opportunity isn't right for them, you're wowing them with your communication. And they're sure as heck going to call you when they find a different opportunity or when they want and have the capacity to take on one of your opportunities.
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, one of my best investors today, last year alone, So, and I calculate this because I feel like, like if I know the value that I'm bringing, but also that's a conversation that him and I can have, we're in mutual alignment as far as how we can help each other, right? Now... I brought this uh, this particular gentleman. We did almost 20 transactions together just last year. Keep in mind, he's netting anywhere between 10, 20 plus percent per transaction we do. So, you know, um, he he netted over a million dollars just from a relationship with me. Now, I didn't quite net the same, but that's okay, right? That's he's a he's a piece of you know one of many investors that I work with. But the thing is, is to for me as an agent to be able to do 20 transactions like you said where if my median price point is $500,000 I've got a, a a very very strict agreement with this particular investor that he's going to get the cream of the crop from me so if he wants the best opportunities my expectation is I want the listing back every single time I think that's you know fair to be said as if I'm creating the opportunity I want to you know guarantee we get it back but here's the kicker is I've told him my commission rate is 6% and um, you know, it, unless it's a very extenuating circumstance, one off type of thing, I'm expecting 6% every time. So run that in your projections when you're figuring out if you can make this work. And, if, you know, um, in some cases, you know, that can be in some markets, you know, we're able to offer different compensation to other brokers. Maybe it's only need to offer 2% in the last two years when properties have flying off the shelf. So it's created an opportunity where I can make up to 4% commission. On the properties that I'm relisting. So, on a $500,000 property, 4% commission, you can do the math. It makes it to where it's a very profitable relationship where they are benefiting at a high level. And then also I'm able to benefit. And it's just something that is, we just maintain that relationship. I'm always Wait. looking. Huh?
1: Can I? I'm sorry. Can I just add something to that real quick? So, so you've found a way to offer value as opposed to price at the end of the day, you know. So you you're bringing so much value to him. You don't. It's not a cut rate price type of a transaction. And hundred percent. And Matt, just I would understand that. It makes perfect sense. Hundred
2: percent. Yeah. You know, and it it's it's really something where you know the pricing, the commission part of that 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 conversation never comes up because this person knows the amount of value that they get by staying loyal, you know, um, the agreement that we've had, it doesn't have to change because it works so well for both of us. What I've seen in the past is, as soon as we decide to change that, and, and they say, hey, Ryan, it's been great. We've done 20 transactions together. I really need to increase my profit margins and I need you to do it for less. They know that there's gonna be 20 other investors in line that would love to have the same opportunity. So, you know, it's it's maintaining that.
0: Well, and you, you're you're keeping yourself in the driver's seat, right? Like you are not a passive realtor that is waiting for customers to come to them. You are not acting as a commodity. You are controlling that opportunity, and you then become a magnet because people want to surround that want want to come to you for that opportunity. And I think too many salespeople have not figured a way to offer true value to their clients. It's just fascinating because I think the profile of a general buyer and seller has really changed over the last 10 years. And it's that, you know, I'm, I'm 35 years old. I don't need, I I shouldn't say I don't need a realtor to find me, you know, a house that's already on Zillow. What I need someone to do is I need them to show me and open my eyes to the opportunity that a property that's already listed has, or find me an off market deal, find me something else. But like finding the, property and then walking them through the opportunity in detail which ryan i know is exactly what you do that's what a real what's what everybody else should be doing like if your clients that's are finding them. their own homes on zillow and then just sending you an email that says hey show me this house you're a 12 an hour employee you're not you're not worth a thirty thousand dollar commission but yeah. if you're contacting them with the opportunity they're not shopping you they're not interviewing four other agents you you're literally ensuring that the transaction stays with you and any transaction partners that are offering a, an equal level of value with you on that transaction.
2: Yeah, 100 percent You know, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. So something that's been very beneficial for me as an agent with my low, you know, if so if Greg is in my market, Greg is my lender partner, then something that I've incorporated with some of my investment properties is obviously this is a it's a vacant property that needs to go on the market and it's a motivated seller now with that there's an opportunity for my business partner so greg is my lender partner my my value to greg is i'm going to create opportunities for greg that he may not have options to as well too so you know we put financing signs on the on the properties we do something called a cross qualification where if i get an offer i'm going to send it to greg and his team and say hey i need you to vet this buyer and that way if for whatever reason the lender that they're working with can't perform their job I'm going to create an opportunity where you can take this file and close it. And it's a benefit to my seller, but also to me. And you wouldn't, I mean, you guys would not believe I get offers and we start the cross-qualification process. The buyer doesn't even know who their lender is, or they don't even really care who their lender is. They get a chance to talk to somebody like Greg and Greg tells them how, you know, just in communication, some opportunities like you were telling about, Hey, did you know, here's where interest rates are? You can only put you can leverage your cash if you put down this as opposed to this and he wins them over many many times because of the level of who we partner with somebody like greg there's an opportunity that can be had there just by being connected so that's another huge thing i look for is how can i also bring my partners in to create opportunities that are mutually beneficial but also brings value to my seller too
0: Well, I love that. And I mean, we talk about we talk about creating value and An exercise that I've been kind of coaching my agent partners to, to work on for the last year is to simply go through your database and go through every single person and do a five minute critical thinking exercise to think, how could I add value to this person based on what they do for a living, based on their family, based on where they live, based on their financial situation? And then second, second, not first, what kind of value could they offer to me? And then, when you have the, your phone call with them, when you have your in-person meeting, your coffee, your break bread, whatever you want to call it, pitch the idea. Like walk them through what that could look like. So many of us just put someone in our system and then put them on a 12-year drip campaign that your corporate office made for you. That's why you suck. That's why you're not doing any business to put it to put it bluntly. So uh, find the value. And Ryan, you're doing a great job of that. Now, I know we don't have all, all day because you probably want to enjoy the beautiful Southern California weather, but. Um, you mentioned BombBomb. I love BombBomb. It's been a great system forever, but you use it really, really well, um, not only for your investors, but also for your clients. So walk us through how long you've been on BombBomb and kind of what your strategy is, because um, I think a lot of people out there would would love to incorporate it in the same way that you have.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, what I love about BombBomb is the capability. You can embed a video into an email. You can send it out to the masses. Um, for me, it's also about data and analytics. So, if I'm like you said, if, if I don't want to just send out a canned email and have it be another one that falls into somebody's junk, you know, junk uh, folders or something along those lines. I want engagement. I want them to know or at least feel like it's coming directly from me and not from a team member or not from anybody else. So, I'm looking at authenticity. I'm looking at engagement. Bomb is also a very, very cost effective option. So, from a business standpoint, I'm looking at the the cost effectiveness. I'm looking at ease of use. And like I said, I don't get I don't get a, a, an override from Bob Bomb for saying this. Literally, I'm looking at what's going to make my life easier, help me scale my business, help me just stay engaged with my clients. And and Bob Bomb has been the best platform. Now you can do co-video, Bob, bob. Either of them are about the same. bob bomb's just been one I've used and it's worked well for me for over five years. So um, you know, we I love that. Yeah. And we group, you know, we do, like you were saying, we group our, whether it's past clients, I put everybody into tags and groups. So if I want to send a, just an email only to my past clients, inviting them to a client event. So we just had a pie event in November and a Santa Claus event in December, super easy and time effective for me to grab all of our past clients. Cause they're, they're tagged as past clients, shoot a quick video, send a quick email, Send the invite as well too, and then track engagement. How many people are opening it? Did they look at it? Did they watch the video? Right. So it just creates a system where we can, like you said, stay engaged with our clients so that we can, you know, make sure that they know what's coming up with us and it gives us easy communication.
0: And I you mentioned for your investor clients, you do a really great job of sending them opportunities via Bomb Bomb. What what do those videos look like and how are you disseminating them?
2: yeah you know so it it, for me it's something super simple right so let's say that i've got a property that's coming up that's a perfect flip opportunity for an investor um quick video no more than 30 seconds uh quick overview of the property hey we have a single story it's three bedrooms it's two baths it's located here in riverside california you know approximate uh uh, repair value is going to be around fifty thousand dollars here's what's the approximate arv or after after repaired value I'm just setting them up with the specs of the property. I'm setting them up with, here's the potential investment. Here's the potential return. So they can make a very quick decision. I don't give them everything. I don't give them too much information because at the end of the day, I want them to contact me, right? So I'm gonna give them enough to where they're engaged. If they're engaged, they're gonna raise their hand. We're gonna reach out to them because at the end of the day, i still need to hold the information so that there's a reason for them to connect with me, okay? So yeah, we can do that and then, same same premise on this is if I'm able to scale this out to twenty different investors, and then I get five investors that raise their hand, I've created a scenario where we can kind of cherry pick who's going to have the best terms, who we want to who we want to write an offer. So then, with my team, whoever is writing that offer has the best chance of getting an accepted deal. So we like to leverage out those
0: opportunities. I love that. What what about your past clients and VIPS? Um,
2: Yes, yeah. So, you know, obviously, with me, VIPs are somebody that I am very engaged with on on it at a high level. My VIPs in my life are the all the top people. Greg is one of my VIPs. All the the people that I want to live life with. We connect on a, a personal level. Like Greg was saying, our wives connect. So, if we're ever, you know, um, and we're quite often to where we we're at these different destinations. Um, we want our wives to hang out. We want to go have you know have have chances where we can hang out as couples. Or so in order for me to do that, then Greg needs to know what's going on with me in my life. So we send out a uh, a written form. It's called a letter of the heart, where we tell people more about us as people, right? Not just the business side. So you know I I want Greg to know or or other VIPs to know what's going on in my life other than the business side. So we have that connection. So if this is the relationship. You know, if, if my business is built on relationships, then it needs to have that component. So I like to utilize programs like BombBomb to to really scale out uh, VIP. So you can send out VIP videos. Uh, a, a mentor of Greg and I, his name is Rick Ruby, uh, one of the guys that we've learned probably the most about every aspect of our business, he sends out the VIP video to everybody and just says, here's what's going on in my life here's what I'm doing for Christmas. Here's what's going on with my wife. Here's what's going on with my kids. It's a super quick way to engage, keep everybody posted. And then if you add some sort of a call to action with it, like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you send me a text message and let me know how you got through with this? You're creating engagement much
0: more than just a typical email. Well, then I think that's a huge message for everybody out there is you have to, not every time, but add opportunities for engagement, like open-ended questions that that your average customer could answer because if you it's not all about getting a referral or getting a lead off every email you send out or every video you send out it's just about creating engagement because if they're engaging with you about X topic, they're certainly going to engage with you when real estate comes up and I think oh, that is that is a huge opportunity. so guys the last thing I want to end with um, I'll start with Greg walk walk me through one thing you're doing in this market to ensure that you have a killer 23.
1: Well, I mean, almost to kick back to what, what Ryan just said, I, I'm spending time getting deeper with clients, referral partners, you know, the the unfortunate part, and there were many unfortunate parts of COVID, is, you know, we lost touch with people and the, the personal side of things, um, especially in business, was was taken away from us. And so, you know, I'm really taking this time to spread holiday cheer, but But more so just reconnect in a more of a calm, you know, um, personal environment type thing, you know. And I've always believed you you make enough friends and you take care of enough people and the money plays in the backyard, you know. And the business will take care of itself if I don't lead with, hey, give me a loan. Hey, do this for me. But more so, you know, like Ryan said, who are you? You know, get to know them. What kind of value can I bring into your life? What can maybe you coach me on and teach me on? And more than anything, right now, it's it's just a good opportunity this time of year to really get get deeper and 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 really get to know people better, uh, whether it's first time getting to know them or you've just kind of lost touch over the last few years.
0: I love that. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, you know,
2: very, very much on the same page. So I think like Greg was saying, what what COVID taught us is that relationships are everything. And, you know, we're coming from a, at least in the real estate world, a very uh transactional last two years where we've been drinking from a fire hose. I feel like the relationship component hasn't been there because we don't have the bandwidth to offer that. So um what I'm focused on right now is the basics. So really I'm actually looking at how could I get better. How can I get better? How can I get just master the mundane and start doing the basics better? And for me, my mindset right now is it's separation season. Right. So, you know, I know when Christmas is and I know when my my wife expects me to turn off my computer and when she expects me to stop looking at that. But I'll tell you what, until the second that that happens, I'm going at 100 miles an hour through the end of this year. And, you know, I'm gonna work hard. And then when it's time for me to unplug, I'm gonna give everything that I have to pay attention to that. So I'm all in in what I'm doing. I know when to put that in a box and move on to the next thing. But at the end of the the end of the day, um, you know, especially in the real estate industry, you know, if we've decided that we're gonna, the year is over right now, then, you know, for somebody like me, you're gonna give me an extra three to four days if my competition doesn't have. So I'm gonna focus on that. I'm gonna maximize. And, you know, we're, we're just looking at, you know, getting better and finishing off the year strong.
0: It's a great time to see some market share when most of our competitors, wherever we're located, are, are eating cookies and taking their foot off the pedal. I mean, like I haven't had, today's been like my slowest day for incoming emails from my B2B partners in ages. And that just tells me that most people have their foot off the gas. That being said, this is the best possible time to call past clients in the couple of weeks after the holidays is everybody was just with their brother, their cousin, whoever talking about real estate. This is when you want to be top of mind more than ever the month before and the month after month after the holidays. Yeah. So
2: 100%, 100%.
0: So Ryan, if someone out there in the world had a referral for you, they have a client that they want to send uh, that needs something in Southern California, how could someone find you, get a hold of you, connect with you?
2: Yeah, no, thank you for for asking on that. Obviously, um, social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Um, you know, our website, which is uh, my last name, it's dot com. That's the best way to find us on the web. And uh, you can call the office line direct. We have kind of a one size fits all number for the office line, which is 951 318 9188. That gets directly to the office. And um, you know, we're the team is ready. Like I said, we're not taking any any days off. So
0: and Greg, if someone has a real estate or mortgage need in the St. Louis area, how would they get a hold of you
1: guys? Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so on the web, Iversonmortgage.com is the best way to find us. Uh social media, we're out there as well. Um, or call me directly. My uh my cell phone is six three six seven five one. One zero six eight. I do answer it um, probably more than my wife would like me to. um, But that's that's the best way to catch me.
0: I think someone someone listening out there should send Greg a text or call right now um, just to like make sure he's on his game. But like send him some referrals. Ask him some good questions. Uh, I think I think you'll be surprised at what kind of great information response you get. But guys, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Uh, I think we, we gave people some seriously awesome value and uh, look forward to showing everyone who some of our next guests in 23 are. Talk to you guys soon. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening and a huge thank you to our sponsors, Neighborhood Loans and Treadstone Mortgage. With offices around the US, their loan officers offer a realtor-centric focus, personal communication from real humans, plus on-time closings that frankly are faster than most of the mortgage companies. Want to be connected to a great LO? Message me, your host, for more information and I will connect you with a loan officer in your neighborhood. Want more marketing tips? Check out my book on Amazon, Tag, The Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing. And finally, if you want to support the show and hear even better guests, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you listen on.